What's up, everyone? This is your host, Bilal Mia, for episode 46 of the Cast. We've been away for a while, busy with life, and now self-quarantine. But joining me in a self-isolation is Christian. What's up, Christian? Hey, what's up, everyone? How's it going? So, Christian, it seems like you've picked the perfect game for quarantine. Uh, the Resident <laughs> Evil 3 remake. Yes, uh, I'm playing through it because I feel, oddly enough, that I have more control over zombies and an outbreak than I do COVID-19 and an outbreak. <laughs> Are there any parallels you can tell us? Should we be stockpiling herbs? Or green ones, red ones, blue ones? It, it's weird. To, okay, so it's weird that you say that because, no joke, in the game, I don't know if this is featured in the original. I don't think it is. But there is a portion where um, you're trying to uh, basically do this mini quest to uh, get these power cells running for a, a subway station thing. And you meet these creatures that are kind of like face huggers from Alien, but they kind of choke you in a really creepy way where they like try to impregnate your throat. <laughs> it's very bizarre. Uh, but the reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, herbs, green herbs, for some reason or another, they cure respiratory diseases, including uh, being having weird parasites down your shoved down your throat, and you end up vomiting the parasites out when you take them. That said, somebody please discover the real life green herb to cure COVID nineteen. All respiratory illnesses gone. <laughs> so uh, this game released last Friday, so over the weekend, and we're recording on a Monday, uh, yeah. April sixth. If I have not mentioned that, uh, it's April sixth, uh, and so. Um, I think you were the one that mentioned, even before the game came out, uh, you were like, this is the game I'm just going to get, sit down and play through over the weekend, yeah. and uh, have a good time with. Um, did you play the RE2 remake? Yes, it did. I did. I did both, yeah. And how did you feel about the RE2 remake? I liked it a lot. I mean, I'm I'm a huge RE fan. Uh, I've played, played most of them. I, I didn't play the original trilogy as much, but I played 4, 5, 6... Uh, seven, seven was the scariest for me, hands down, and then, um, and then this one, obviously. Uh, so I, I did like the RE, uh, the the second one. Uh, I I like the blending of horror and action, and that they went more towards the horror roots. Yeah, for me, uh, RE three was actually my first Resident Evil. Um, when it came out on the PlayStation, and from there, uh, played four from a friend that let me borrow it on GameCube, and then five, six, seven. Actually, I didn't play all six. I played one, I think, Leon's story in six, and I <laughs> stopped because the final boss was a giant fly. Um, there was yep. also a man that turned into a bone zombie centaur, yep. and I was like, this shit doesn't make any sense. I mean, it, did it ever make sense? But, but yeah, like, no, I, I, I get, I, I get zombies. I can get the nemesis and Mr. X to a degree, but when somebody becomes a giant fly that's where you lose me yeah, so, I, so so i was very happy when seven came along and just brought things back to a somewhat normal basis yeah that one was very much the we need to go back to our roots because six was it's weird six was a huge fail in like the critical sense uh, even though, like, they put so much money into it and had this huge, like, campaign and, like, production team, but, uh, it did really, f uh, financially well, yeah. which is very confusing. Um, I mean, it, a game of that caliber with a franchise behind it that big, like, everybody's gonna get it no matter what. Um, I mean, I would put it probably in the same things, like, maybe a Final Fantasy thirteen or even fifteen, like... 15 had its issues, 13 had its issues with the story, but a lot of people still bought that game, uh, just regardless of what the reviews said. Um, I think some franchises are just big enough to weather that storm. So I think coming off the RE2 remake last year, which was, I think, one of my top 10 games easily, mm -hmm. um, because it like I, I played that game in a single day from beginning to end for Leon's campaign and had an absolute blast. Yeah. Um, there's just moments in there where it's so intense and scary uh, because I couldn't find green herbs and <laughs> like one hit would kill me and I spent like about 60% of that game like that close to death. Just somebody just, if a zombie just sneezed in my general direction, I would have been gone. And so like that atmosphere just carried over well. And so I think my major question is when it comes to Resident Evil 3 with Jill Valentine's um, time in, in Raccoon City, uh, how does this outing uh, pair up against uh, the RE2 remake from last year? So, uh, 
a lot of it's weird. So in terms of aesthetics and gameplay, it's it's more or less the same. Like it's gorgeous. Uh, the the cinema. I want to say cinematography, but it's not cinematography. But the uh, the skins and the and the design of of Raccoon City, all beautiful. Uh, in terms of the gameplay, it's very different because you can tell that this is very much an attempt at being, I guess, heading more towards the action-centered types of game uh, gameplay. Not not so so much as the direction of like Resident Evil Six, but definitely uh, a lot more action-based than the uh, Resident Evil Two remake. That said, I actually really liked it. Um, y- yes, there are easier. There's a lot more ammo. There's a lot easier ways to kill zombies in terms of uh, you start with a knife that doesn't break down like an RE2 and uh, if you know how to strategically kind of shoot zombies in particular areas and like know the map well enough you can pretty much get through anything Um, and there isn't uh, I think one of the biggest critiques also is there isn't that tyrant that's constantly following you yes Nemesis is in RE3 but its scenes are pretty much focused like not cutscenes, but like focused like areas where you know it's chasing you and you have to defeat it at particular times. Um, but for me, I, I like that they kind of went more towards the action-based direction while still giving it enough of a fresh appeal uh, with the dodge mechanic in particular and the uh, the random jump scares that you're expected to see in a Resident Evil game. Uh, so it it's weird. It's like it's a little bit easier. Um, but at the same time is still kind of fun, especially if you're a huge fan of four, because this is very like in every way possible. And I'm surprised not many people are talking about this. This is very much a bridge to see if they could remake Resident Evil four. And the reason I say that is because you can see a lot of the mechanics in four, such as the dodge mechanic and how parasites work, because, um, some, again, uh, another thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, Nemesis is technically a parasite. And parasites are very attached to uh, Resident Evil 4 storyline, mm-hmm. so like it's it's very much that bridge, and it's 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 a very interesting concept in, uh, for me at least. Uh, but yeah, uh, so I like it a lot. A lot of people like it a lot. But one of the things that they disliked was the more action focus and the uh, the shortness of the uh, the, the gameplay length, because you can very much beat this game in four hours. You can probably beat it in two Seriously? hours. Yeah. Wow. Okay, because I think I don't remember how long RE2 took me. Maybe I want to say like six or seven hours to get through the first time. I have a yes. screenshot somewhere. Um, like I enjoyed my time with it. I was like I thought it was a great length, and then you had to clear uh, campaign after. Does RE3 have a second campaign, or is it just Jill? It's just Jill, and then there. Um, I thought that they would do Carlos as a second campaign or the the B story, but to be honest, there's just a section or a couple. I think two or three sections in the game itself where uh, you have to play as Carlos. It's kind of, like, forced. Um, so there isn't that, and there isn't the branching narrative as there was in the original RE3, where it's like you had to make a decision and that decision would influence the outcome of the story. Uh, but where the game kind of makes up for that is it encourages so much the replayability. Uh, the reason I say that is because just like Resident Evil 4, and again, I'm making the comparison, uh, they want you to play it again because after you beat the campaign for the first time, it shows you a secret hidden item shop where you can unlock different skins, different weapons, different things from the Resident Evil universe, and encourages you to play the game again to basically earn different achievement points to try to unlock other things too, which is very much on the nose with Resident Evil 4. So, um... Speaking of replayability, did you mess with the multiplayer mode at all? Resident Evil Resistance? I started playing it a little bit, and I played it actually at Comic-Con. And uh, the general consensus is it's meh. (laughs) Like, I I was hoping that people would, they'd fix the kinks uh, by the end of Comic-Con, but it seems like the same issues were kind of the, it was just the same. It's it's very much just a attempt at Left 4 Dead, and it, it's... Its most compelling thing is the uh, the mastermind scenario where you control the zombies and the uh, the traps and the whatnot. But so, everything else is kind of just it just feels a little restricted compared to the actual game. So, so what is the mode exactly? Is it like a four v one situation? Where... Yeah, basically it's four v one. There is one person known as the mastermind who serves as the the villain per se, uh, and they they get to control where zombies are placed, where traps are placed, and. Uh, 
and like turrets and things like that. Their goal is to basically stop you from achieving the, the, the goal. And as the survivors, you get to pick one of four different characters. Each one has a different specific set of abilities that they can use. I think there's like one healer, one tech specialist, one person who's good at melee, one person good at shooting guns. Uh, and their goal is to basically get through these different levels. It's, it's a weird glorified escape the room, honestly, except with zombies and guns. <laughs> <laughs> Actually... In concept, it doesn't sound like a bad idea, but I think initially they were going to release this thing as a standalone, And but it sounds like they made the smart decision and just bundled it with the Resident Evil 3 remake. Absolutely, and to be honest, I was talking to my best friend about this because he, he loves the series as much as I do. Um, it, it, cause, um, the early sales on Amazon were showing discounts already for this, and there was talks that there wasn't going to be DLC for this as well. And immediately our reaction was, was how are they trying to make this profitable if they're selling it at discount before it even technically releases, and everywhere is just selling it for discount, and there's no way to kind of generate money because there's no DLC coming. Yeah. Uh, and it's very obvious. The answer to that is Resistance. Resistance very much has a pay-to-play, not pay-to-play, but it's a... It's a freemium type game where it's like, okay, you can do this, but if you want more achievements or if you want more chances at getting unlocking these and getting this, then you can pay for an extra spin or turn or thing. Like it's, it's very much uh, how they're expecting to make up that difference. Uh, I had no idea they had a, um, a pay to play mechanic in there. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 like you don't have to. to tech- yeah. yeah, you don't technically have to, yeah. but it's so freemium. It's just like you're gonna probably want to spend money if you like resistance. Um, and again, it's funny because uh, all of us were wondering. It's like, if how are you selling it on discount without DLC this cheap before it even came out? And it's very much they're trying to get people to play resistance. That's why they threw it in there with the with the Resident Evil Three. So, yeah. oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, any final thoughts for Resident Evil Three? Uh, it's a lot of fun. If you like four, this is definitely definitely the stepping stone to f- to get to four. I think because uh, you can see a lot of the action based mechanics, and it's still scary. The, the nemesis is intimidating. Uh, they did cut some of the story parts from the original. Mostly, they just omitted certain scenes and made it more linear of a game. Uh, that doesn't really detract it from me. And to be honest, I had a lot of fun just shooting zombies and finishing different achievements to unlock things like the Samurai Edge or like Jill's other outfits and stuff like that. So um, it's definitely a fun game. It's definitely a short game. And depending on your play style, it's, it kind of is customized towards what you're expecting. Because I will say, though, that even though normal and easy mode were pretty much not that difficult and hard to adapt to, I heard that in Inferno mode and uh, the higher difficulty levels... Uh, the game becomes very difficult, and it actually kind of scales to your level of ability, including putting different locations for spawn points for zombies. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so, like, the game really adapts to how you want to play it. If you're one of those people who just likes the story and shooting zombies like me, uh, play the first two modes. If you want a really difficult survival challenge, play the hardest mode. And if you're somebody who's trying to do a trial run, you know, kind of do it on all of the modes. <laughs> the game is cool in that it actually encourages you to do that because it gives you different rewards if you finish each accomplishment or achievement. I will say, though, that there's one thing I wish that somebody warned me about before playing this, and I wish all the reviewers said this. Make multiple save files. Save every different point. Uh, in the game, because uh, when you're pursuing some of the harder to accomplish achievements, you can actually load a certain point in your game to like a certain area. Uh, let's say that the, the achievement is kill 15 zombies with a handgun. You yeah. can load a part in the map or in, in the game, the campaign itself, where you fight 15 zombies with a handgun. Uh, yeah. I wish somebody warned me that before I finished my first playthrough, because now I have to play. I have to play through it again to actually get to that point to basically load that portion and kind of farm it's weird but you can farm that that in the game as well just like in resident evil 4 though so yeah no um i remember bloodborne on uh ps4 uh when the there's three endings for that game and a trophy is assigned to each and essentially after you beat the game you can um uh, you have to create the save for a new game so when you load it up you're just into the new game and then to get the next ending you need to just Play through the entire game. So the secret there is, if you have PlayStation Plus or you have a USB, uh, you back up your save on that, and then you load up the save again, and then just do it as soon as you do an ending, you just pull back 
pull down the new load or the old load, mm-hmm. and then you play uh, fire that up get the next achievement, load back that old save. Yo, uh, that's that's so funny because yeah. I, I heard you could do something similar with The Last of Us uh, yeah. for the PS4 remake. But yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So, I know you said it seems like they're headed towards a RE4 remake, but I just I can't in my mind imagine them doing that because in my mind that game is the perfect game like there's nothing that should be changed about re4 and that game also exists on everything from current gen consoles all the way to the original nokia snake phone at this point (laughs) and my and the new toasters probably coming out next year at ces could Mm -hmm. probably run re4 um yeah that that game is everywhere <laughs> it's so funny that you say that because because that's, that's like, actually exactly what my best friend one. said too like I, I i but i don't think it's needed what about you christian wait christian you there yeah uh it's cutting out for some reason Hello? oh okay cool okay uh i think we're good sorry about that everyone no uh do you think <laughs> re4 remake would be worthwhile uh yeah i mean it's dude honestly uh i'm i guess this includes spo- i mean there's pretty much everything spoiled there's there's hints at re4 with how they changed the storyline with oh they uh, did change story game. yeah so again uh, i mentioned the parasite thing because it's mm-hmm. something that a lot of review sites aren't talking that i'm going to talk about in my review for this game uh there there are parasites with how nemesis is designed and i don't think that was originally in the original uh, Resident Evil 3, and uh, because of that, there's also this new type of facehugger-type monster that, again, are also references to parasites. The reason I keep emphasizing the word parasite is because in Resident Evil 4, the monsters aren't viruses, they're, they're parasites, they're, they're the Blas Plagas. This game very much bridges that gap because it establishes that in the world itself, which wasn't in the original, I think, Resident Evil 3. Uh, so it's it's definitely leading to that point where all directions, if you look at the game really closely, are pointing towards a Resident Evil 4 potential remake. The question is, is when, especially now that, you know, all this yeah. pause is happening in the world. But uh, it seems like that's the direction they're going, which is why I really want this one to do well, because if Resident Evil 3 does well, I'm pretty sure we're going to hear in the next two years Resident Evil 4 remake, definitely. Yeah, I think I think we might see an 8 before we see a 4, because um, I would love to see where they could take 7. Um but it's interesting you mentioned that because I think one of the bigger remakes that are that's coming out in this um, early half of the year is Final Fantasy VII remake. And I don't yeah. know if you've seen the reviews that dropped this morning for that. Uh, yes, there's some so, of them. Some of them. And so what I found interesting, like just reading some of those reviews, was um, the notion of like how this remake takes place during the Midgard section, which is five to six hours long in the original game. Mm-hmm. And if you... But this new remake is 35 to 40 hours, according to reviewers. And so what worked, from what I read from the reviews, really well is... Uh, all, they, like the beginning of the game seems fairly faithful to what was there. It expands on a lot. And like it says a lot of those moments of with the new script and everything it, are very beautiful. It comes across fantastic. Awesome. Uh, the new localization is great. Uh, but then there's like mentions of like a twist or turn, some new ex- uh, characters or uh, uh, unexpected story uh, line uh, diversions, which is like it's very interesting to see. But mm-hmm. having that um, having that notion of like what's a remake it does it, is, should it stay um, pure to the original source content, or should they be able to expand on it and change some of those major story beats in a way? that you know the new the, the creator um uh, now envisions like it, it's always that interesting thing um that you know you kind of see jk rowling uh, putting out uh, <laughs> uh, i know post story and it's like is that fine to do is that not like at, at a certain point um who's right and who's wrong in this situation for revising that story and no, i totally re- totally agree with you it, it comes back to that george lucas conundrum it's like yes. is, is it star wars his or is it you know <laughs> midichlorians and jar jar banks i don't know so you're saying cloud and sephiroth midichlorians basically actually i would love to see cloud and sephiroth as lovers but it'll never happen <laughs> hey i mean there's that twist coming apparently so let's see what happens <laughs> Why do you think Cloud is so distant and, like, to himself the entire series? He's broken. He's heartbroken. 
Which is weird, because in the original games, he was so, like, upbeat at first, and then he becomes broken. Which I liked a lot, yeah. personally. Because I, I was a huge 8 fan, and I like comparing the two. And mm-hmm. Squall was immediately always just a downer. But Cloud was, like, very high, and, like, I can do stuff, and we can do this, and then he yeah. just gets really dark. <laughs> and then, um, what's funny is, I actually bought FF7 on my Switch to play through the Midgar section this week before Friday. Um, just because I want to see that comparison from uh, the PlayStation era to the PS4 remake. Oh, I mean, that sounds amazing, but uh, there's so much different now because gaming as a whole, like we've expanded upon like a universe of potentials as compared to when FF7 first came out, oh, which yeah. is why I'm curious about it. I'm also getting my copy this Friday too, so if you want to do another one of these Oh no, uh, 100%. I think it's well-earned uh, for yeah. FF7. Uh, it's funny because, uh, like I've told you guys, I recently just moved into my own apartment, and uh, one of my uh, goals was like, when I move, I'm going to get myself the TV I've always wanted, uh, which nice. is the LG C9. If anybody knows, it's like one of the best OLED TVs out there. And since I got that TV in the apartment, like I convinced my wife, I was like, I was like, this TV is going to be a lot. I'm paying for it. Don't worry about the price. I got the cash. <laughs> I was like, uh, she's like, okay, whatever. It's been, the TV's been fantastic. I absolutely love it. But nice. I barely get time to game on it uh, because it's the one TV in the house and I have my, my PC set up on the side. So um, I've been, I'm like, I got to play the FF7 remake demo on that TV and I was just blown away. It, first, that game looks phenomenal. And yeah. two, it just like, that TV just makes, it's just, it makes everything look so nice and crisp and vivid. Uh, it's it's every gamer's dream, and I'm, I'm happy to be living it. <laughs> so m- my goal is this weekend to uh, commandeer that TV for 40 hours and see if my wife doesn't murder me. <laughs> <laughs> you say 40 hours? Yes. Dude, that's intense. I know. I, I'll, I'll forego sleep, maybe eating. I'll... Dude, even reviewing Resident Evil and playing all the modes, I think I've only put in 20 hours since Friday. Man. That's a lot. It, it yeah. is a lot, but it's still nothing compared to four. <laughs> yeah, but, so I'm not sure if you've been playing anything else during this self-quarantine period. How have you been getting through it? Uh, I'm, you know, a writer, so I write uh, fiction and stuff. And then uh, I've, in terms of gaming, I've been playing this, obviously, Resident Evil, but then also I've been trying to finish uh, the rest of Horizon Zero Dawn, the, uh, the, like, the DLC. Because okay. I already platinumed it, and I'm at 91%. I'm just trying to get the 100, because I'm a trophy chaser sometimes. Did you do, like, the New Game Plus stuff, or...? Yes. Okay. I thought about going back and doing those trophies, and I, uh, then at a certain point, I was like, what am I doing? I already have a giant backlog. But I do love Horizon Zero Dawn so if much. If you have time to kill, and you're somebody who, like, plays one game to the fullest extent, definitely that's that one's worth it, hands yeah. down. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, no, I... I I think I might be the most excited person for a Horizon Zero Dawn sequel. So whenever that is announced, day one, I'll be there. <laughs> I mean, they, they, they're they trying to announce it soon, I think, right? I think so. I, I would love for it to be a PS5 launch game, um, or just in the first year at this point, because I think it's been quite some time since Horizon Zero Dawn. So, yeah, it's been about three years. So, But it, yeah. it's a phenomenal game. The story is so compelling in the world, my gosh. It's unbelievable. I yeah. I tried talking to the sci-fi uh, the sci-fi president. I'm like, you guys should adapt this into a TV show. It'd be phenomenal. <laughs> I don't know how you do it, but it'd be awesome. <laughs> Honestly, I can see that. I mean, if they're doing The Last of Us for HBO, you can definitely do Horizon for a, a network of some sort. Yeah. Speaking of The Last of Us, did you hear the devastating news? Yeah, they're indefinitely uh, putting it on hiatus or hold. Yeah, which kind of I see their point. It won't be available physical or because of supply chain issues during this uh, COVID-19 crisis uh, pandemic, might yeah. be the better word. Um, and, but I'm just like, digital exists. People should just move to digital and be happy with it. And I, um, I do think that eventually, you're right, like everything will be digital in the next coming upcoming platforms. Yeah, but I, yeah. The game was coming out on my birthday and now it's not. Dude, my Final Fantasy VII was coming out on my birthday, and now it's coming out, uh, what is it, this Friday. Uh, <laughs> An extra month. But yeah. Yeah. Birthday delays, never fun. Um, for me, I've actually been playing another sort of remake, um, Persona 5 Royal from Atlas. Yeah, um, t- tell me more about it. I heard it's a very good uh, RPG, or like narrative story uh, yes. game. So Persona 5 came out, I think around the same time as Horizon Zero Dawn, if I recall. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just this crazy gaming period in my life. Um, yeah, if you've ever played the Persona series, you uh, take the role of a high schooler um, who uh, lives day by day in like a real world calendar. So you usually join a new school or your character moves in and you quickly realize um, shit's not going well or, or there's like a conundrum. So in Persona 5, you um, get expelled from your school because you stopped this guy from kind of like molesting this woman on the street oh my god and it turns out like he's a politician and he has connections in the police so it makes it look like an assault and so even though you did the right thing you get expelled from your school um and so you have to have to move into tokyo on uh, like the greater tokyo area and you're living with this friend of a friend uh who owns this coffee shop and so you go to school, um, and everybody, it's already leaked that you're like this delinquent, even though you didn't really do anything wrong. And uh, this mysterious app appears on your phone. And uh, in Persona 5, like, what ends up happening is this app allows you to go into these palaces that like these inherently evil people have. And so like one of the first palaces you enter is for the gym teacher, who was this Olympic athlete who is like way too strict. Uh, it, uh, and he's like he thinks of himself as the king of um, the school because he's the their volleyball team goes to nationals and stuff. So he gets away with a lot of stuff, and then um, it gets pretty dark with especially with the relationship with the female members of like the volleyball team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like off the bat, like um, you know you get thrown into this world, and the goal is like you invade these palaces, you steal their treasure, which is like um, what they what they hold dear to them the most. Uh, and if you're able to steal that, uh, you can cause a change of heart in them, uh, have them confess their crimes. And so mm-hmm. over the course of the game, you're doing these palaces and like the heists you're pulling get bigger and bigger. It's all in this classic uh, JRPG style. And so what Persona 5 Royal does is it takes what the base game laid out, it tweaks the localization, the combat system, it, uh, up the, it added new content, new areas, new um, social links. So the social links in um, Persona are some, I think, my favorite aspects. So throughout, like, let's say Final Fantasy VII, perfect mm-hmm. example. Uh, you remember the golden saucer scene where, depending on what character you hung out with and responded to in certain ways, they would go on you with, with that date, and you kind of get, like, some extra time with them? Yes, yes, I, yeah. I do so remember that. In Persona 5, you build social links with different characters. Like, they'll be your um, the, um, members of your Phantom Thieves, your caretaker, a random doctor, or like a fortune teller you meet on the street. Uh, I think even in Persona 4, there's a random fox that you create a, uh, a social link with. It kind of uh, becomes a running joke at a certain point of uh, who or what you could have uh, like this uh, bond with. And so... Um, over the course of the days, uh, you know, you wake up, you go to school, but after school, you have some free time. Uh, you could choose what to do there. You could go uh, battle in a palace or go grind out in the dungeon, or you can go work a part-time job or hang out with a certain friend, and you build mm-hmm. that bond that way. And so uh, as that bond develops, you'll unlock new abilities and stuff that you could use either in the dungeons or um, uh, you might unlock new items in a shop, uh, things like that, or get a discount. Yeah, it's a really neat system, and you get to learn more about that character uh, because you decided to invest more time with that person. And so um, there are like ways to max out all those social links in a, a one playthrough, usually with the help of a guide. Um, but uh, I think what I, what I like the best is like my first time through, don't play with a guide, just go in, and I get that story out of the characters I decide that are important to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, usually, I think Persona 4 ended up, Persona 4 Golden uh, on the Vita ended up being my favorite game of all time. It dethroned Final Fantasy VII just wow. because my attachment to those characters was so intense that by the time I finished that game, I felt like I lost my best friends. <laughs> yeah, it's um. so the Persona series always means a lot. And I think if you never played Persona 5, Persona 5 Royal is a fantastic uh, uh, spot to jump in on. Uh, because it, a lot of updates have tweaked the systems. Uh, I wouldn't say it made the game easier. It gives you more options um, to uh, play through and uh, advance through a lot of those dungeons, which aren't as easy as they uh, always seem to be. The game itself is like 90 to 100 hours. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, so it's a, it's a big time investment, but it's fantastic. 
So I highly recommend it to anyone, uh, especially in this time period, that are looking for something to get through that self-quarantine uh, and uh, looking for a classic JRPG. Yeah, that makes perfect sense, especially because yeah. the, the length. It's cool, though, that they expanded upon the different options available. Yeah, and they've they done it uh, a few times. So, like, uh, Persona 3 came out on PlayStation, uh, did pretty well, and then I think they did a update to it uh, called FES, uh, which then added, like, an epilogue mm-hmm. after the fact, uh, called, like, The Answer that you could play. But then they also did a PSP version called Persona 3 Portable, which introduced... Um, a female character oh. uh, as a, a, a female option as a main character and so the story slightly changes there and how some of the social links work since um, now you can uh, date male uh, <laughs> uh, male members of your team uh, Persona 4 came out on PS2 then Persona 4 Golden the updated version came out on Vita and now which they really need to remake on uh, the modern console uh, put it on Switch like Persona on Switch would be the best thing ever um, and then with five and royal, um, it's uh, you know it's just updated version a few years later. Um, plus there's the spin-off games, there's the dancing games, uh, there's <laughs> I think a mashup Persona Five Scramble that's out in Japan I think later this year for Switch and PS4. Um, yeah, and then I think Persona Four also had fighting games on the 360 and PS3. So um, the Persona series they have a lot of, of uh, different titles. Yeah, basically. but I think yeah. the the mainline titles are the ones that are worth uh, playing through. If you gotcha. get a chance, like Christian, if you have time, I highly <laughs> recommend it. I, you know what? I might I might just gift you Persona Five Royal to play through. Uh, my other my other friend Nikhil has been telling me to play that game for a long I, time, and I'm just like, yeah, it's just there's so much gaming. And to be honest, once Final Fantasy comes out next this Friday, I'm gonna be playing at least a hundred hours of that. I know. I'll probably do it once we're done with Final Fantasy Seven, <laughs> at least the first playthrough. Yeah. Um, and then I think the, uh, the other big game that came out... Which think, everyone's talking about, which I we think, definitely has to talk about. Yeah, I think about. the perfect time for this game, and uh, Animal Crossing uh, New Horizon on the Nintendo Switch. Yes. I'm not even an Animal Crossing fan. I think I, on this very podcast, I have trashed Animal Crossing. Um, so <laughs> to Jen Stayrook, if you're listening, I am sorry, and you were right. Animal Crossing is fantastic. Um, <laughs> I've, like... It's weird, because when I moved into my apartment at the end of February, I, my boss was, took the first two weeks of March off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I used that time to like work from home and set up my apartment. Uh, if, my boss, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry. <laughs> but hey, I got my work done. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was working those two weeks from home. But like, you know, you could still go out afterwards or just like I uh, could go to my gym in my apartment complex and work out. Uh, it just wasn't trapped <laughs> and so those two weeks went by and i think at, in those two weeks i went to work once um just because i had the in office meeting uh to, and I, that was leading so i did that but then like quarantine kicked in and it was just like don't go out mm-hmm. uh, nothing is open my apartment's gym complex is closed uh take this shit seriously and so for the most part we did and i think by the second day even though it sounds crazy it was just like my wife was like, I need to get out of here. And I was like, I was like, well, I'm going to play some Animal Crossing. And like, I just imagined that I would just, I bought it just out of sheer stupidity. I was just like, eh, whatever. Everyone's talking, going to be talking Animal Crossing. I might as well be able to talk and about it are. too. I, I have friends yeah. who are literally throwing Animal Crossing parties. I've never played the game, but it seems like everyone's in love with it. Yeah. And so I think the reason I never liked Animal Crossing was because how I was introduced to it back on the GameCube wasn't mm-hmm. the best way to be introduced to it. Um, I rented it from Blockbuster. And Animal <laughs> Crossing is a day. type of game where uh, it takes place in real time. So say you plant an apple tree. It's not like Stardew Valley where like your character can go to bed and the next day starts. Um, no, like you need to wait till tomorrow in the real world to see. <laughs> and even then, all that will happen is a little sprout will come out of the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you need to wait three days for that little, that fruit to become a tree, or maybe five. I don't remember the exact turnaround. But there was there's something that they d- done with this game where it's just like there's enough to do day to day. Like you can grind out materials, um, do requests for Tom Nook, the evil capitalist bastard, and <laughs> <laughs> um, and just like. It just takes you out, and it's so chill, it's so calming that I had such a good time with it. And I think what also uh, propelled it for me was 
this time around, my cousins also bought the games, and their wives were playing yeah. along with them. And so, like, there was... It was just a community. Like, we had to create our own separate WhatsApp group because we were spamming the one with people that weren't playing <laughs> about, like, <laughs> things that were going on in our towns. And we just go visit each other. And, you know, and like, there's, there's limitations to this game that, like, I have complaints about. Like, say somebody comes visit visits your island. You can't change your furniture. You can't uh, take out certain things. Uh, you can't... Uh, there's certain things you can't do when people are in your town. Uh, which limits it, but it's just like you and your friend running around hitting each other with a net, and it's just it's it's stupid, it's maddening, but it's so cute and well done. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like exactly what people need right now, yeah, especially like, the idea of going out and visiting people. Exactly, and because <laughs> we can't. And like you know, we're crafting things for each other. We're sending them in the mail. I had a friend from college who I haven't seen since like freshman or sophomore year, um, mm-hmm. and I visited her island, but. I didn't know, and here's an etiquette thing. If you visit somebody's island, don't steal all their fruit <laughs> um, because it's shared amongst everyone. So I took like 20 of her oranges, and she's like, where are my oranges? And I was like, ah! <laughs> and so I, then I sent her an apology fossil of a dinosaur. Um, yeah, so you can, you can collect fossils, bugs, go fishing, um, uh and they, there's like this unbelievable like museum in the game where like they really put like their heart and soul into like y- you wanting to fill this thing up because it looks so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's an owl named Blathers that like evaluates what you're donating, and he absolutely hates bugs, and it's the greatest thing ever. He's like, if you haven't seen it, just like look up a Blathers reaction to any sort of bug, and he's just like. It should be killed, but we'll take good care of this. Um, <laughs> and so after you donate something, he'll ask if you want like an assessment on something. And I will say no to like more info on fossils and fish. But I will say yes to bugs because it just creeps them out. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it, it, the game has a lot of heart and soul. Um, just a little bit of grind to it. They could have handled um, multiple users on the Switch a little bit better. Because uh, one of the initial complaints I heard from my cousins immediately was... Um, their wives decided to play first, and mm-hmm. so they become the primary account for Animal Crossing on that particular Switch. Uh, uh, and so then sense. they become islanders on that island. You can't go create your own island. And uh, only that primary user can then go and complete the main quest for Tom Nook to like uh, expand on that island. So it becomes a bit of like, well, what am I supposed to do then? Uh, and so I, from what I've seen is like, they, I think they were, ended up like just sharing resources in uh, whatever way was possible. Uh, so like one of them would play, drop the resources in another, and then whoever was the primary would go in and turn in other required things. Um, hmm. Yeah, but like if you just need a way to unwind and relax, Animal Crossing is that game. Um, <laughs> I, I'm down. still hesitant to recommend it to everybody, but if you're just... Uh, like even my cousins they're like should i get animal crossing i was like look just watch a review do your own reading on it i i me personally i don't know how you will receive this type of game but it just i think i think it arrived at the perfect time for everyone that was looking for something chill silly and stylish because my god everybody out there is creating some of the most amazing outfits and um islands i've ever seen (laughs) That's pretty cool. Like, uh, somebody uh, made the outfits out of Naruto and a Gundam. Um, just anything <laughs> you can think of. Uh, just go to Twitter and write Animal Crossing. And you'll see some of the funniest and the most hilarious uh, things. Yeah, uh, and it seems like a very creative game. Uh, and again, it's like everyone, everyone I know is playing it right now. It's very strange. I've never seen this much... Uh, this much solidarity and coming together for a game in a long time maybe since like i've seen the wii the original <laughs> be yeah. out. but yeah we balling oh god we sports that was yeah. that was a good yeah. time uh but i do have one dark confession to make in self-quarantine okay shoot i um got addicted to video game heroin again what um have you ever heard of a game called league of legends Oh, wow, that's that's ironic. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know a lot about League of Legends because 
uh, in college, a lot of a lot of friends of mine played and tried to be professional. But more importantly, my best friend's older sister works for Riot Games, and I've actually been to the League of Legends headquarters and gotten the tour. <laughs> Wait, you've you've gotten that tour? Yeah, I've gotten the tour. I've seen all the people. I was I've heard the the really funny stories. I'm just gonna say Ice Frog and leave it at that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I got I've seen it. I, I, also, I was there when the um the guy from Avatar: The Last Airbender was the creative director. So. Christian, I hate you right now, and I also need this introduction to this friend. Thank you, Freddy, <laughs> if you're listening. I doubt she's listening, but uh, I'll send you a thingy, maybe. Uh, oh yeah. my god. Uh, no, um, so I played back, I think, around season three, season four. They're in season ten right now. So I yeah. came back, and, you know, um, uh, I think there was an NBA player that my brother sent me a link to recently that goes... Uh, League of Legends fans are more toxic than uh, League of Legends players are more toxic <laughs> than NBA fans, and I was like, no, hundred percent. And so, of course, instead of like jumping into like normal games uh, right away, I decided to jump into ranked games uh, because mm-hmm. why not? Like, how much could the game have changed? And, you know, like you gotta wear off that rust. And so, uh, back when I played, the division started as low as bronze. What I quickly learned after my placement matches is now there's something below bronze called iron. <laughs> so I placed an iron, and uh, I've actually made my way all the way up to silver three, which I'm happy with. Uh, That's impressive. At this yes, uh, I'm quite impressed because my buddy who has been playing for quite some time is still stuck in bronze. Uh, he's in his promos to silver. And so um, I played a stupid amount of League of Legends, not, not this past this past weekend or the weekend before where mm-hmm. i think saturday and sunday i just woke up played league all day and then yeah went to sleep woke up played league all day and went to sleep and my wife I, was just like she I didn't care i totally get it because every match you get more unlockables and the whatnot or get resources to yeah well i think what it is is what halo 3 got right back in the day is that mm-hmm. there is a ladder system uh where you can see your actual progression against every player. So as you move up from like iron, bronze, silver, gold, platinum, diamond to challenger, um, like I think most people level out in silver maybe. And if you get to gold, you're pretty, I would say you're actually good, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, but, but there's probably this giant, like still a group of players between gold and platinum uh, uh, in, in, you know, within in that group. But it's just like, it's being able to see your physical progression and just like being upset that you're dropping down in this ladder when you're not winning because you will lose points, you need 100 points to get to a promo series to get into mm-hmm. the next uh, ladder. So when I got, went from bronze to silver, I was in silver four. And then I got 100 points, got into my promos, lost a promo, <laughs> uh, which is a best of three. Uh, and, but then when you get back into promos, they give you another win. Uh, the automatic win. Um, and so you just need to win one game. So I've got that one game, so now I'm in Silver 3. But now I need to get a hundred, another 100 LP um, to get into the, uh, the next promo series as I move up. And so every time you lose, you lose LP. And at a certain point, it kind of levels out. So if you lose uh, or win, it's like it, there might not be too much difference. And that's where it sucks. Um, so I, And like Halo 3 had like this system of like getting to 50 I think it was like your rank 50 was like considered the best. There were people like on eBay boosting you to 50. Yeah. Um, and like, you know, you you don't you never saw the math behind it. But like, you just knew when you were getting closer with more and more wins and you just saw that number tick up. You're just like, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Uh, getting close, getting <laughs> close. Um, but like, you know, that, that was like the number you told people. Um, you know, it was, like, it was like the social aspect. Like, oh, what rank were you in Halo a three and or Halo two, and it'd be like, oh, I was like high, like forty something, and you're like, oh shit, like you know, they're pretty good. Uh, but someone's like, oh, I was like twenty or thirty, and you're like, yeah, scrub. <laughs> um, and that's kind of like what it is with Leak when you talk to someone, they're like, oh yeah, I'm silver, and you're like, okay, you know, I, I got good judgment where you are. But someone's like gold, I'm like, okay, uh, I want to play with that guy more, but I need to be better if they want to play with me. <laughs> um, so you know, there's always that like one-upmanship, uh, and so it's just like. Everyone that stopped playing League around the same time I did is now back on League, and it's like and like, <laughs> and it's a re- resurgence, and it's a free-to-play game, um, but it's terrible for you because I think I literally go to sleep with my brain just like wired, 
Uh, and my wife's like, you're shaking at night. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm not. And she's like, yeah, you are. And so last night I went to bed early. Uh, I decided to clock out, uh, clock out a league early. Um, just like unwind. We watched some TikToks. I read, a, I read some, um, like a chapter of a book and then went to sleep. And she's like, that's the best sleep I had <laughs> all week. And I was like, oh, oh shit. Okay. It's definitely league. And I was like, I was like, it's definitely league. I need to get over this heroin addiction. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I totally get it. It, it, and especially now because it, it makes sense to play premium yeah. games. I like MOBAs. I I was uh, I used to game uh, yeah, Dota, the first iteration of Dota with Warcraft Three, uh, and so I've always kind of been a big MOBA fan. But I I never really got into League, which is weird. Even though my best friend's sister obviously works for the company, but yeah. Yeah. If um if uh, your friend ever decides to look me up, they'd probably classify me as a whale. Uh, in the free-to-play model of uh, a person that gives them way too much money because <laughs> uh, uh, as they updated their like UI and stuff um, they have a tab now for, called collection mm-hmm. and they clicked on the skins and these skins are like you have to buy these skins you don't get them for I think you might get like one or two for free over yeah. the course of like uh, playing or when you joined um, <laughs> the one I have uh, the amount of skins I have are 257 um, wow! And and are, how much are skins? They're usually twenty bucks. I thought, right? Uh, they vary in price. I might have gotten okay. some on sale, but uh, or in a bundle. I, I, I don't, I don't want to know the math behind it. I always thought of emailing Riot <laughs> and finding out. Yeah. Um, but then there's that always dark possibility of me just sitting there going like, "What the fuck is wrong with me? Here's some more money." <laughs> but um, no, it just, it just always comes down to like I spend so much time playing this game and it's free. You know, like you want to support your creator, <laughs> like I. You do, and then there's like super supporting. Yeah, I'm I'm executive producer. Like uh, one day when the credits roll on League of Legends, I'm hoping my name will be under executive producer, um, oh just for the cash donations I have given over the years. You know, it's funny. The only time I've seen that in a game it was Kingdom Hearts Two, or I'm so yeah, no, Kingdom Hearts, uh, not Two, uh, Kingdom Hearts Three, the newest one that came mm. out last year that nobody cares about. I. <laughs> I mean, there is a reason for that. Yeah, but if you, I think if you supported the game early, your name was on one of the one of the final bosses where it was like pouring black, dusty mist thingy is pouring out, and you oh. have to fight it off with your keyblade. Oh, and you saw that. name there. Yeah. So those were players from um, the mobile game. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, but that's still that's... very weird. I was like, this is taking me out of the moment. But whatever. <laughs> yeah, that 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 and the Kingdom Hearts three is great. We just reminded me, and this is another problem I have during this quarantine period. I've bought a bunch of games that I haven't touched, mm-hmm. uh, including the Kingdom Hearts DLC. Um, r- was it Remind? I have that to play. I bought Neo okay. two, which I played the first level of uh, and the first side mission, and I stopped. I also bought um, Doom Eternal, which I haven't touched. <laughs> um, so as you see, I have this problem <laughs> with throwing money at the gaming industry. Hey, I, I mean, they probably need it right now, so that, that's that's a good problem to have, I guess. Yeah, but like, I expected to play all these and then League of Legends happened. You see the that problem, hap- right? <laughs> yeah, that kind of happens, because you don't, you know, that game is like, it's free, it's whatever, it's on your own time, and you don't think it's going to be as consuming as it is, and then it kind of just sucks you in. Yeah, but it's just like, I've had games, in, like League of Legends, where we get to the bot lane, like, I play support, and we get a kill immediately. Uh, like, I hopped up my, uh, my ADC, my carry uh, for that lane, uh, kill immediately, like... We're still level one, get them a kill. And then I'll get them three more kills within the next three minutes. Uh, and the following uh, player's carry just leaves. They're already raging <laughs> raging in all chat, and they're just like, and they're like yeah, they, they left. I had three games yesterday where I had perfect games, and they all were shorter than 20 minutes, which is absurd for a MOBA. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it was, it was just that type. But like, there's nothing else in gaming that comes close to that rush you get when you make a good play. I like I don't know how to describe it. It's like winning the lottery. <laughs> I, yeah. Um, I, like you, you must have experienced something similar in Dota. 
Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, and I, I actually, I, it's embarrassing to admit this, I still play Heroes of the Storm, which is the MOBA for Blizzard. <laughs> still exists? I thought they stopped supporting it. They stopped supporting League play, but people still play. Um, yep, so there's no competitive play, but people are still doing it, and I'm only doing it because I'm a Blizzard fanboy, because I grew up with those games. Uh, but that said, yeah, no, there, there are totally moments in, in MOBAs where it's like, you do phenomenally well and you're just addicted and in the zone i don't know how to describe it except in the zone um yeah yeah and it's weird because like it's been six seven years since i last played league and there's been like a couple new champions that came out but i still remember everything and it's just like why do i remember all of this but i can't remember half the shit i learned in high school (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no i totally i totally understand that i also like that of all the mobas there's this one hero that's across Wukong. all of them the one that has the hook ability that pulls an enemy in oh um, yeah that's quite um common yeah yeah uh in in uh dota it was uh pudge and in heroes i think stitches um I'm really good with that hero only because it's been the same exact character throughout the history of the MOBA. So if I ever play anything, I can always play that character, which is awesome. Because it also freaks people out. I love hooking people and they're just like, what is going on? And it's like, yep, smash. You know, if you're you're decent at the game, it would be a very easy character to play against, but never the case. Yeah. So uh, I think that about does it for me, unless you have anything else on your agenda for this podcast. No, that's it. Like, this was pretty dope, man. This is, I haven't been on too many of the Gamescast ones, so this is fun. Yeah, I think this is our first one in a really long time. Um, but yeah, let's do one Let's do one next Monday, uh, after we spend all weekend playing Final Fantasy VII Remake and yes. make it uh, as centric as possible. Uh, if I have not beaten the game by then, I will buy you Persona 5 Royal. <laughs> which is a very, Dude, uh, which is a very high possibility of that I might not finish it because I, I get sucked I, into leak. <laughs> I also can't believe that you're gonna try beating it the whole week. Like I'm spacing it out for all of April personally. Oh, man, like if, if Corona might get me, I just need to know what happens. <laughs> I told, <laughs> I told my wife, um, you know, if it ever comes to the point where she needs to murder me, just she can't do it before it was. I think it was two or three things. Uh, one was Persona Five, which mm-hmm. I already played through, so that was checked off. The second was Game of Thrones, but I might extend that one to the books now because the TV show was um, yeah. quite garbage. Uh, <laughs> we we so know. I kinda we wanna, about that. I, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm hoping uh, Martin finishes his books. He did make an update saying he was making quite a lot of progress because he can't go anywhere. <laughs> Thank you, coronavirus. <laughs> the only thing to be thankful for. Um, and three was being able to play the Final Fantasy VII remake. And I know it's not the full game, and so if you decide to murder me, wait till like all the parts are out it might be like 20 years <laughs> I, I don't know but uh uh i need to at least make it through to see what this part looks like <laughs> yeah same i'm excited i yeah. like i'm super duper excited i i don't know i'm just i I'll, we'll see what happens that's all yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it next week too so yes. there you go so till then uh christian where can people find you uh, you can find me on XN underscore Angelus on Twitter and Instagram, Christian Angelus on Facebook, and of course on theworkprint.com where I do a lot of articles and podcasts and stuff like this. So, yay. Yeah, and you guys can find me at Bilal underscore Mian, uh, tweeting about random things on the interwebs. It's usually Animal Crossing, uh, <laughs> maybe some League stuff, and uh, probably my thoughts about the Shit's Creek finale tomorrow night, which is pretty great. Um, so if you guys are hearing this before that, it's good. Um, <laughs> yeah, till then, until next week, um, you know, follow us over at the workprint, theworkprint.com, uh, the workprint across all social medias. And uh, yeah, till next time. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.